It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is it like to be in the middle of the NFL draft process? And for a guy who is still pretty close to the team, what can you expect in tomorrow's spring game? Terrell Bernard joins the show. This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, we're now joined on today's show by Terrell Bernard, former Baylor linebacker. But I first want to thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Terrell, my man, I know there are a lot of Baylor folks who just adore you and what you've done for Baylor football. So I want to thank you for being on the show. And I know there are people who are certainly excited to get to hear from you. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. Uh, always good to you know kind of reach back to Baylor. Now, Terrell, you, you mentioned that reaching back. That's kind of where I want to start, you know, for somebody who's not that far removed from being a part of the team. And I know you've been out at some spring practices. You'll be at the spring game on Saturday. Does it feel like you're just kind of at this point soaking up every last piece of Baylor that you can get before the NFL draft night comes? Yeah, definitely, man. You know, it's, uh, you know, the process has been pretty, pretty fun, pretty crazy, but you know, having the opportunity to, to go back to Baylor and, you know, be around the guys, be around the staff. Um, you know, I've really been thankful that, you know, we've had we've had that time to do that. So it's been it's been fun. Terrell, in the NFL draft process, I really want to I want to start broad, just kind of cast a wide net, see what we catch when it comes to your last even couple of months and either the stress, the anxiety of this process. What has that been like for you? Yeah, it's been crazy, man. Um, you know, whenever we finish the Sugar Bowl, you know, you start into combine training basically the next the next day. Um, so I moved to Dallas and, you know, was training at Exos up in Frisco. And, you know, we're, we're training six days a week, getting ready for that. Um, and, you know, you have the Senior Bowl, you have the combine and then pro day. So, I mean, it's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, it's a it's a pretty, pretty wild experience, but it's been it's been super fun. As fun as that is. If given the opportunity to say, hey, I want the draft to be tomorrow, would you do it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. So in that, you know, the training process, getting ready for the draft, when it comes to individual NFL teams, for you personally, has this been like uh, they reach out to you, you go sit down and interview or work out individually? How much contact have you been able to have with these actual organizations? Yeah, so they, they kind of schedule it around the different events that I was talking about. So, you know, you go to the Senior Bowl first and you meet with all 32 teams, uh, scouts, GMs, head coaches, things like that while you're there. And then um, moving on to the combine, you know, it's pretty much the same thing. They have every team's there. Um, they have their representation there. So, you know, the first thing that you do when you get to the combine is basically go and sit down in these interview rooms and, uh, you know, have 20, 30-minute interviews with pretty much every single team. Um, so it's been, it's been fun. And then, you know, the same thing at pro day, uh, you know, the, the, they send their scouts, there, position coaches, uh, we had a few GMs there. So, you know, you talk to them while you're there and then, um, you know, your top 30 visits after that, which is, you know, right before the draft. So, I mean, it's been, it's been fun, uh, zoom calls, talking on the phone, you know, meeting in person stuff like that. So it's been, it's been a fun experience. 
Sorrell, through the senior bowl and the entire draft process, combine and whatnot, when it comes to doing this with guys like JT Woods or Jalen Petrie or Kalen Barnes, and the, kind of the list goes on because there's so many guys who are in that pro conversation right now. How has that process been made easier, made more fun, or given you new perspective when you're getting to do it with so many guys that you played college football with? Yeah, it's definitely made it a lot easier. You know, we had a group chat pretty much the day that our season ended, yeah. uh, just kind of going through, you know, certain things that we all needed to do and get done. Um, you know, meeting up at the Senior Bowl with, with uh, you know, JT, Abram, and then Petrie was there as well. Uh, so just being around those guys uh, makes it definitely a lot easier to go through the process because, you know, you got guys that you've you've known for four or five years uh, alongside it with you. Terrell, when it comes to Baylor individually, and that's kind of the conversation we'll get into next, but the coaching staff change when Dave Aranda came in and was spearheading the program and the defense with Ron Roberts, how vital has Dave Aranda been in improving your draft stock? Or is this something that's really individual? No, I think he definitely had a, had a huge part in it. You know, coming in, I was able to do a lot of different things under his, uh, his scheme, him and Coach Roberts. Um, I think being able to show a lot of versatility. And then, you know, obviously he's put a lot of linebackers in the league. Um, so, you know, a lot of organizations, a lot of coaches and GMs really respect him and um, respect the people that come from his programs. So, you know, it's been a, a big blessing to all of us um, to, be, to be coming out under, under him and, you know, the type of connections that he has in the NFL. Terrell, how much in this process have you read up on the, the scouts and the reviews and these analysts from different websites and whatnot when they put your draft stock onto paper? Do you read any of that or have you cut out all noise throughout the last couple of months? Yeah, I mean, I try to not not get into any of that stuff. Um, I mean, sometimes it's hard because it's, you know, right on your phone or they're messaging you or, you know, they're it's all really just linked into your social media pretty much. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you know, I try to stay out of that. You know, I, I talk to the people, so I know, you know, what, what actual people are talking about. And then, you know, I have my agent that's talking to GMs and scouts for me as well. So I think, you know, having, having that perspective and staying out, out of the noise is probably the best thing. So you don't get too high or too low on yourself. Terrell, when, you hear things from, from the outside noise when it comes to frame or injury history. Is that just fuel for you to work that much harder every day to prove the people who, who have those list of weaknesses wrong? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it just, you know, adds an extra chip on my shoulder. Um, mm. I feel like I've, I've kind of been, you know, in that, that mindset or that, that frame pretty much my whole career, um, through football. And then, you know, it was pretty much the same stuff when I was coming in at Baylor. Um, so, you know, just, just kind of put it in your back pocket and take it with you. Um, and then, you know, just, just wherever you end up, just get ready to work and, you know, do what I can do. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, I promise you Terrell is not going anywhere, and he'll be right back to talk all things Baylor spring game and his perspective going into that game. But first, I want to tell you all about Built Bar. So Built Bar is 
a like one-stop shop for being healthy, right? Without living a daunting health lifestyle, right? Like the person's in the gym four hours a day. You can't do that. I can't do that. Built Bar helps you stay in shape, stay healthy. They're like candy bars, but not. And here's why they're not. Most candy bars contain 250-ish calories, 30 grams of sugar. Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, 17 grams of protein as well. Built Bar has great flavors like coconut, almond, coconut, mint brownie. This month, their special white chocolate cookies and cream. I have tried it. They're all delicious. New flavors are coming out all the time as well. Built Bar. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, built.com, LOCKED15. Built Get 15% off your order today. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, so Terrell, going into this weekend of the Baylor Spring Game, which again, you'll be there on the sidelines on Saturday, what uh, what are you most excited for when it comes to the quote unquote young guys getting out there and squaring off in uh, in a little bit of pigskin? Yeah, man, I'm excited just to see the growth. Um, you know, I was able to catch a few practices during the spring, um, so really just seeing guys step up and you know fill fill positions that that guys have left. Um, you know, I think we got a really good group, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, we got I think probably the best defensive line in the country. Um, and then, you know, you got Dylan Doyle and Matt Jones and, you know, the LSU transfer coming in. Um, so you're really solid at linebacker. And then through the safety position, you got guys that have experience with Christian. You got Devin Neal, Devin Lemire, uh, Snacks, people like that. So I'm excited for those guys, man. I know uh, the amount of work that goes into into spring ball and, you know, the offseason and stuff. So I'm ready to see them, see them play. Terrell, one of my main takeaways from last year's spring game was Vic Valoria on the sidelines. Like I was probably 20 rows up in the stands and was intimidated that at any point in time, (laughs) he could probably jump from the sideline and just like maul somebody. That dude just got energy. Just it's wild in, uh, you know, he brings that energy. It feels like on Saturdays too. seen him on the sidelines as well. What kind of impact has Vic Valoria had, not just physically on this football team, but mentally too. Yeah, definitely, man. Vic's been, you know, probably probably one of my favorite coaches that I've ever had. Mm. Um, you know, you see him on the sidelines at practice and in the game and, you know, just the, the like you said, the energy that he brings him and his whole staff. Um, you know, that's really one of the things that they're committed to and, you know, what they bring to the to the team. Um, and, you know, they get everybody kind of involved, and everybody riled up and, you know, kind of gets the juice going. So I can't say enough good things about him and his staff because they've they've definitely been a game changer for us. Terrell, you've talked about uh, the defensive side of the football, which there are far you know, less questions when you have such a powerful defensive line coming in. Linebacker core is replenished. Secondary, there were a couple of question marks that have been pretty much tied up. Now it turns to like wide receiver, running back that people are putting pinpoints on. After playing with guys like you know Tay McWilliams or Squirrel or Quaylen, how confident are you in this running back room trying to replace Abram Smith, Treston Ebner? Yeah, definitely very confident. You know, Tay, I think, is going to be one of the best backs in the Big 12. Um, Just his style of running definitely fits with our wide zone scheme and, you know, the things that we're trying to do on offense. Um, You know, I remember going against him in camp last year and just, you know, kind of blown away and shocked by the things that he can do. Um, He's a big, powerful, fast uh, type of guy, you know, exactly kind of what you saw with Abram. Um, and then, you know, everybody knows about Squirrel and the things that he brings and his diversity and 
uh, that type. And then, you know, like you said, Quaylen is another big, powerful dude um, that fits really well um, with the scheme. So I think those guys are going to be solid. Um, you know, they got a lot of diversity in that in that room. And, you know, Coach Juice is one of the best running back coaches in the country. So I think having all that tied together with, you know, a really good offensive line and offensive scheme, uh, definitely going to be something to watch. Terrell, we've also heard a lot in the offseason, this spring especially, about guys like Armani Winfield or young wide receivers that are going to step up. When you look across the board at the wide receiver room that's now replacing Tyquan Thornton, what do you see in the receivers that are still on this roster? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Monterey is going to be a guy that, I mean, you saw a little bit of him throughout the season, obviously in the Sugar Bowl. Um, I think he's going to be one of those guys that steps up and becomes a, a big part of that wide receiver room. And then, you know, another guy that I've I've always respected and thought very highly of is Josh Cameron. Um, you know, he's probably one of, if not, you know, one of the hardest workers that, that I've ever seen uh, as a freshman coming in. Um, so I know he's been improving and doing what he needs to do. Um, so I, I feel like, I feel like with those two and then, you know, some of the young guys coming in as well. Um, and then you have Gavin Holmes, uh, who's you know going to be a six year guy, veteran, uh, knows what to do, played a lot of ball. So I think I think those guys have it figured out by the time the season gets here. Terrell, you got to face against the big nasties up front this past season and four of those five guys are back. And looking across the board, it may be the strongest part of the offense. Obviously, there's a lot of experience at quarterback, but that O-line is just stacked. Yep. What makes those five guys up front the best offensive line in a Big 12? I think just the cohesiveness and, you know, their term is just being gritty. And I think that's what you see every day. Um, you know, you got Shake, Khalil Keith, um, Grant Miller. You know, you got Connor, who won Big 12 Offensive Lineman of the Year. Um, so, you know, just just piling those guys together, I think um, – you know, they're they're going to be one of the better units in the country this year, definitely. You know, they're one of the best, if not the best, in the Big 12 last year. Um, so, you know, I think Coach Mateos, Coach Grimes do a great job with them. Um, like I said, you know, it's just the cohesiveness. I think that's the, the biggest part for the offensive line. And then having that mentality to kind of finish every play and, you know, kind of work and, uh, you know, just do what they need to do. And I think, you know, also I didn't mention Jacob Gall. I think he's, um, you know, one of the one of the quiet leaders on that offensive line as well. Terrell, when you stepped up in the Big 12 championship game last season with a quarterback in Blake Shapin, who was still I don't want to say getting his feet out, up under him because he had been in the program for a while. But on that stage to be a young guy manning the footballs off, manning the team's offense, it, it was a huge moment. What did you see? from Blake Shapin in that game and across the season when he was asked to step up into the quarterback role? Yeah, Blake's a guy that's going to be, you know, cool, calm, and collected, you know, every single day. Uh, you see that through practice. You see that, you know, when he came in in the Kansas State game and then, you know, obviously in the Big 12 championship game. Um, you know, he's a he was a young guy, but, you know, he had that kind of swagger to him that, you know, this was kind of, you know, what he does and who he is. Uh, so I don't think anybody was really worried whenever he came in and kind of took over. So, you know, I'm excited to see him, you know, GB, obviously. Um, and, you know, I think I think they're both uh, really, really talented and tough people. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be fun watching them this year. Offensively, defensively, all put together. You know, what? no, before I go there, Terrell, 
Isaac freaking power. That <laughs> dude may have like, if anybody won Baylor, a big 12 championship, it might be Isaac power for pinning Oklahoma yeah. state constantly. How crucial is Isaac freaking power? Yeah, man, he's, he's awesome. Uh, he's probably one of my better friends on the team this past year. Um, and seeing him kind of, you know, develop into who he's become, I think, you know, he's probably one of the best special teams, one of the best punters that, you know, we've, we probably ever had at Baylor history. Um, and then, you know, just his performances and big games like that and crucial moments uh, definitely, definitely changes the momentum, flips the field, does a lot of things that, you know, people might not see. Um, but yeah, if you're really, if you're really in tune and really watching, you see he's, he's making a difference pretty much every game. So offense is there, defense is there, special teams too. You have played on a Big 12 championship level twice now. You have played in a couple of Sugar Bowls and seen what the SEC has to offer, some of the major programs across the country, the Oklahomas, the Texases. You've seen them all in the course of your college career. Knowing that and seeing what Baylor has coming back next season, what is the ceiling for this team? How high could this team go? I think they can go all the way, man. I feel like if the pieces come together um, and, you know, you really you really catch your stride through, you know, camp and then moving on into the beginning of the season. And once you get conference play, um, you know, I feel like as long as the guys mesh together and everything's on the right track, you know, nobody should be able to beat them. Um, like I said, you're, you're leading up front with your big guys on the offensive defensive line. And obviously that's where it starts. Um, so as long as as long as everybody's doing what they're supposed to do and, you know, things happen the way they're supposed to happen, I feel like, you know, the sky's the limit for them. Terrell, then for you now going into the NFL, understanding your work ethic, where you came from, from a step up standpoint, Clay Johnson goes down, you step in and become an all big 12 linebacker through injuries. You've powered through and been an all American caliber player for Baylor. What do you feel like is your potential in the NFL? How do you sell yourself to these teams? Yeah, man, I just feel like, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes uh, to be the best player that I can be, um, you know, off the field. I'm going to be, you know, working as hard as I can in the film room, you know, understanding the defense, understanding, you know, schematically what I need to do. And then, you know, I'm on the field, I'm going to be a leader. Um, you know, I feel like I'm pretty versatile being able to blitz, cover, play in the run game. Um, so, you know, just putting all that stuff together, uh, figuring out where I fit in in the scheme and, you know, seeing what happens. And then my last question for you, Terrell, when you look back on Baylor University as the place where you developed as a collegiate athlete and gave your put your draft stock where it is, what will you think when you hear Baylor football? What will be the things, the memories, the, the monikers that come to mind? Yeah, man, I'm just going to thank all the people that I met, all the friends that I made, um, you know, the hard work that it took to, you know, finish out there and things that we did. Um, I couldn't say enough good things about Baylor. You know, it's a place where I grew up a lot, you know, became a man, um, you know, got educated, was able to play big time college football. So, you know, I can't say enough good things. I love Baylor. Uh, hopefully we'll be back a lot. I love it. Terrell, thanks so much for joining today, man. I know that a lot of people are excited about the NFL draft, about spring game too. So getting your perspective is awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, unbelievable stuff there from Terrell Bernard. And before we get to talk Jalen Bridges, I want to mention betonline.net, your number one source for all betting stats and info. Find all the latest sports developments, 
Major League News, Major League Baseball. You can bet on the NBA. You can bet on the MLB. I know a lot of that has kicking up right now. So go to betonline.net. You can you know be responsible with all your your money and whatnot, but put some money on esports or or a Vegas live casino or live betting in these playoff games as well. Head to the website. Use your mobile device. Betonline.net. That's Bet Online where the game starts. Go to betonline.net. NBA playoffs, MLB. If you want to win money sports betting, go to betonline.net today. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we now welcome Kendall Cout of Sikkim 365 onto the show. Jalen Bridges committing to Baylor University out of West Virginia. And thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every day on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Kendall, is this the game changer that Baylor needed out of the transfer portal? I think it was the best player in the transfer portal for what Baylor's need was. Great. So I think it's who Baylor wanted. That's who they kind of focused their efforts on as a forward. You want a guy that can hit the three, really successful freshman season, a little bit of a step back his sophomore year. But for the needs of Baylor, I think he's the guy they wanted and obviously the guy they've gotten. Kendall, we have talked about the size issue for the Bears and needing to, to figure that out in the transfer portal with Jonathan Chamochatua likely not being back to start the season next year. So you have Flo Thamba, and then past that, you're kind of at a toss-up Matthew Myers' decision pending. So... Does this add the size that Baylor so desperately needed, or is this still kind of one of those small forward type players that is going to fit? My guess, Drake, is that he's probably Baylor starting for next season, assuming Matt Meyer does not return. I think I'd be shocked if Adam, LJ, Keontae are not the starting three in the backcourt. They're all too talented to tell one of them you're going to the bench and then also tell Langston Love, oh, by the way, you're not starting as well. So I think that'll be the starting three. I think Bridges starts the four if Matt's not back, flow at the five. And then the question is, are Zach or Josh O ready to play immediately? Or can Jordan Turner make his way into the rotation? So you've kind of got three guys there between Zach, Josh O, Jordan Turner that I think will push for minutes because certainly I think Langston will play a lot. Dale's expecting to play a lot. Then one of those three will try and step up and be a rotation player immediately. Kendall, this squad is a top 10 team preseason without Jalen Bridges. That's where ESPN, CBS, John Rothstein, a lot of the national guys have pit this team around the seven or eight spot. I've seen them as low as nine. Does this add, adage to the team make them a top five squad in, the, in, in America? Is Jalen Bridges that effective? I think he's important for what they do and compared to what the drop off would have been without him and what you would have had to see a rise from some other guys. I think it is. Kentucky, KU, we don't know exactly who's coming back, even with Sheboy back. I think Kentucky, for me, is probably the preseason number one team. I'm expecting Christian Brown to go pro from KU. You know, if they land Kendrick Davis, I think Baylor's a little bit better than them. But I think this positions Baylor well to be the number one Big 12 team. I think should be the preseason favorite to win the league, and then at least a top five team entering next year. Kendall, this the style of play that Scott Drew throws out there in comparison to Bob Huggins. I mean, not two guys you usually hear in the same in the same vein. Is this then does it, does that point to this being more of a culture fit than a scheme fit? Then I think it's a little bit culture in terms of West Virginia had Sean McNeil and Taz Sherman last season who held the ball a lot, wanted to get a lot of shots up. 
So that's a little bit different for him compared to the shots he's able to get at Baylor, where they'll be more flowing into the offense. Adam Flagler hits guys well. Keontae can create his own shot. LJ's a menace running off screens. Will distract a lot of attention from people. So that fits him well. Then I think if you're Jalen Bridges, you probably look at this last season and say, you know what? I don't know that I got any better than I was my freshman campaign. Maybe it's time to look at a staff that's developed players really well. Baylor's done that. So I think the fit culturally for him and the need to want to improve to make the NBA eventually since he has an NBA body makes Baylor the kind of right choice for him. And I'm sure that's a big factor in why he chose the Bears. Kendall, you mentioned the NBA eventually, and and that's kind of on my mind as well. Being a redshirt freshman, the guy has you know plenty of eligibility left to play the next couple of years at Baylor. And barring a transfer, is this an addition that's going to affect the team for years to come? It could be. Uh, he obviously continuously winning is the most successful route to keep recruiting guys, pointing out everybody who is a top 50 player at least wants to go into the NBA. And so if you can say, look, since F. Bayuto, now all the way through Jalen Bridges, we've put guys in the league or we've put guys in a position to make the NBA. That just adds to what Baylor wants to do. So he is important, I think, to that continual link. Because it's one thing if you land Keontae George and you can say, look, we had Kendall Brown and Keontae George and they played in the league. And it's like, well, you know, I don't mean to be a jerk about this, but if those guys hadn't even played basketball the last year, their first round draft picks, right? right. It's the development of guys like Jeremy Sohan, the development of hopefully a Jalen Bridges, the development of Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell. Those are the guys that I think really make the difference to show what do you do, the Torian Prince of the world, less than the five stars for what you're showing, how you can improve guys for the NBA. Kendall, the the roster as a whole now with, you mentioned Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, and Keontae George, three that you lock in as starters. I'd say Flo Thamba's in that conversation as well, or if not, certainly without barring you know another transfer. And so add Jalen Bridges into that mix that five right there. And then coming off the bench, we've said Jordan Turner, Zach Loveday, Jonathan Chamochacho when he's healthy, Dale Bonner. Uh, this list all compiled. Then Keontae George, too, is in that mix as well. Do you think Baylor goes to the transfer portal again for someone else that is an immediate contributor? I think if they go to the transfer portal again, it is somebody who can contend to be in the rotation, but I do not think it will be Baylor's landing Kendrick Davis or Terrence Shannon or any of the guys that know I'm going to have the ball in my hands and make a lot of plays, it will be somebody who has to say, I got to prove it a little bit more, whether it's, you know, somebody from the West Coast, whether it's somebody from outside the Power Five. I think that's an option for the Bears still. But it's one of those deals where if you bring in one more guy who expects the ball, you know, Dale Bonner really worked hard last season. Hard to tell him. We don't expect you in the rotation. Or if you're Langston Love, hard to tell him. Instead of playing 35 minutes a night or 30 a night, probably 30 a night, you're not going to play 21. That's just tough for roster management purposes. So I don't think Baylor has to get somebody else. But I think it's more of a get a better insurance policy because the injury showed last year. It's always helpful to have a little bit more depth than you expect, but you don't want to go too far and have 12 guys think they should be playing. So Coach Kendall gets to take control of the roster and gets to decide whether or not he adds another piece out of the transfer portal with what Baylor currently has. Is this a national championship caliber team or do you need one more piece in some capacity to get it to that level? I think it could be, and I would not add a transfer portal piece that's a major expected contributor because I think the downside risks are too high, right? If you add a Kendrick Davis or a Terrence Shannon, who I don't even think Baylor's in contact with, but theoretically the elite guys, you're like, these are good players and might be better than some of the guys you expect to play. The chemistry gets all thrown off. You might even have a late transfer out of Baylor because they'd say, why didn't you tell us you were looking at adding this guy till the last second? You promised me, you know, I would not have to compete with these kind of guys. I think that's not worth it. I don't think they need to add anybody else. Now, Kentucky's going to be great. KU could be really good. 
Arkansas is going to be phenomenal next season. There are a lot of really good teams coming back if Timmy decides to return to Gonzaga, whether he's officially out, out or not. A lot of teams that could compete for a national title next season. But Baylor's going to be one of those teams at the table at the end of the year. And if they're not, someone's gone pretty wrong. Kendall, the the kind of last question that I want to go to when it comes to the Miles Bridges commitment to Baylor is, in all, how big of a win is this for Scott Drew and Baylor? Not even in terms of just next season, but going after another elite five-star Evan Mia transfer, landing a guy like that, and and now being in position to be a top five team next year. I think it's really important because it shows you have a plug and play guy. His usage rate was 15.5% last year, which is really low. Uh, he was the number one player the last two seasons during Big 12 playing turnovers. Baylor, I think, was like 137th last year in that category. So that's an area the Bears have to improve upon. He's a plug and play guy who is good, but culturally long term, as you're alluding to with your question there, Drake, it speaks well that when somebody leaves the Big 12 program, they're not looking to come to Texas or another program, they're going to come to Baylor, which I think speaks well to people nationally recognize the staff's developed well, and they want to come there. I love it. Kendall, thanks so much for joining, as always. Always a pleasure, Drake. Well, folks, thanks for watching all week long. It's been an absolute blast. From Jalen Bridges to Terrell Bernard and talking all things Baylor spring game as well. What a week. Thanks for being with us. And as always, you can make us your first listen every single day. Thank you for doing that. Don't forget to listen to Locked On NFL Draft as that gets closer. And hey, subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. I know you can't see me right now. Instead, you're seeing, well, if you're on YouTube, that is, this beautiful picture of McLean Stadium with the mountains in the background because I just thought, why not take this as your way to end an unbelievable week of shows. Come back on Monday for another huge one to recap the spring game. This has been another unbelievable week of Locked on Baylor. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.